Target is now selling quote, end quote, gender affirming underwear for minors. This includes underwear made to tuck the minor's genitals so he can hide his bulge. Also, they are selling chest binders, which can push the breasts of a underage girl to cover up the breasts. Also in the news, we have another protest for transgender surgery for minors. You know, one that we cut the penis off of a healthy young boy and we cut the boobs off of a healthy young girl. Yeah, that one. In this protest, one of the people in the riot tried to hit a cop. And last but not least, Daniel Penny, the person that defended passengers in a subway a few weeks ago in New York City, finally breaks his silence on the whole thing. All of that and more on this episode of The Demetrius Rujo Show. Facts over facts over tracks is a mess, spitting slow, spitting fast. I can roast, I can gas, think I'm okay at last, but I don't know if that can erase all the past. Okay, so since there's a lot to go over, let's start with this one. Children should not have the privilege to cut healthy body parts off of themselves, and parents should not be able to okay that decision. But more broadly, no one on earth should have this ability. That's because of the fact that this is a damaging procedure, not only because of the fact that the process of the quote transitioning is a new technique that we just learned about doing about five seconds ago, but also because of the side effects of said procedure. So let's dig into it. Warning, explicit content ahead. According to Twitter user, user Joey Manorano, when you create a fake vagina, the opening of a hole cannot accommodate a penis that's more than two to four inches in length. So it's many times you can't even control your urine, so you just have to wear a diaper to keep yourself clean. But this isn't the worst part. You have to dilate the opening every few days or less because if you don't, the hole closes. Because of this, you spend most of your time shoving things that you don't even know into your new hole. Also, you only remove the penis, not everything around it. The penal stump is still there and it still gets morning wood. Not only that, but your hairs also grow inside of this new found hole. So good luck trying to stuff a razor inside of it. After all of this surgery, you're still not a woman. Instead, you are just another product of a conveyor belt of a system that wants to only use you for your money and riches. Think about it. You're not a woman because this is not what a woman is, and you're not a man. You're stuck in the middle of this awful situation you just put yourself in because of a sexual kink or the medical malpractice that doctors all over America are committing. Just like how putting a dress on a pig doesn't make you a woman, you are not a woman. They want to push this preposterous ideology on children, and it's just plain wrong. It's wrong to damage kids' innocence, especially with something just like this. That's why when we see Target selling clothes that tuck the young child's genitals under his undercarriage and dress him up like a girl, it's disturbing on a whole new level. That's why, as of today, I will never step foot in Target again, and neither should any of you. Our children matter the most to all of us, and when you mess with the children's innocence, you mess with us. Also, their prices are too high anyway, so honestly, it's a win-win. But with that being said, let's dig into the headlines of the week. Moving into the first article, I mean, we actually have the Target situation. So let's talk about it more deeply here. We have a Daily Wire article. Target slammed after offering female swimsuits that have an extra crotch coverage and are tuck friendly. Retail giant Target is under fire from most of its customers after offering tuck friendly and extra crotch coverage female swimsuits for sale. 
The swimsuits in question are part of Target's Pride collection and are described as being thoughtfully fit on multiple body parts and gender expressions. The swimsuits sparked backlash on social media, with several people saying that it would never they will never shop at Target again. Me too. In addition to the female swimwear designed to accommodate male genitalia, the Target Pride collection off includes small shirts and with phrases just be you and feel the love. Pride themed onesies as well as rainbow colored leggings, tutu shirts, and jumpers. Daily Wire host Matt Walsh said this week that Target should be boycotted over this their product offerings. Quote, what Target is doing is far worse than anything Bud Light did. They are selling chest binders and chuck-friendly tuck friendly bathing suits for children. Target is calling our bluff. But just like any other company, we need they need our business. We did it with Bud Light. Now it's Target's turn. A tweet from the Matt Walsh show says. Other social media users called out Target ridiculing the idea of tuck-friendly female swimwear. Quote, Thanks to Target, I found the perfect swimsuit for creeping out all of the women and children at the pool this year. Can't wait to tuck my, my penis into the little number, this little number, while sipping a Bud Light, said comedian Chrissy Mayer. Quote, No real woman would be caught dead in that swimsuit. It's hideous. It's exactly what a dude pretending to be a woman would wear, Mayer told Fox News. Quote, the only thing I'll be t- tucking my money is in is my the, the only thing I'll be tucking is my money back into my wallet and shopping elsewhere. What an ex- obvious vague signal. What an obvious virtue virtue signal from Target. And it's not even Junior. The controversy follows Adidas using a male model to promote a new woman's swimsuit, a decision that also owned earned the com- condemnation, including that former University of Kentucky swimmer store Riley Gaines. Quote, I don't understand why companies are voluntarily doing this to themselves, Gaines tweeted. They could have at least said that the suit is unisex, but they didn't because it's about erasing women. Ever wondered why we hardly see this go the other way? Women's swimsuits aren't as asserted with a bulge. Of course, because when you're trying to see what the swimsuit that you're going to buy looks like, you're not going to try it on a man because that's not how it's going to look like on you. Moving on to the next article, we actually have the protester. The protester swings at police officers as Republicans vote to ban trans procedures to ban trans procedures on minors, police say. Six protesters were arrested in Nebraska on Friday as Republicans in the state voted to approve an abortion ban and a ban on transgender surgeries for minors, according to police. In a video shared on social media by Nebraska State Patrol, a woman wearing a pink shirt and a rainbow skirt can be seen walking up to a police officer in the Capitol as another protester appears to be getting arrested. The individual appears to try to shove the officer out of the way, but before the officer responds to the woman, the woman appears to throw a punch at the officer before being wrestled to the ground. Troopers arrested six people at the Nebraska State Capitol building today for various offenses, including the incident caught on security camera in which a person punched a trooper. Nebraska State Patrol said no injuries to anyone involved. Yeah, this is just a dumb move on his part, or on this this woman's part. The woman accused of punching a police officer was identified as a 33-year-old Sarah Carfold of Lincoln. She was arrested for obstructing a police officer. The incident took place... As Republican legislators pass a bill that bans abortion at 12 weeks and prohibits transgender surgeries such as mastectomies for girls who identify as boys for those 18 and younger, 
An additional ban on giving children puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones was removed after Republicans were unclear if they would be able to get it past the filibuster. The law doesn't the law does give power to the chief medical officer of Nebraska and appointee to, of the governor the decision to regulate puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones, which have life-altering impacts on the children they are given to. This is not about adults. This is about kids. This is the only reason why we need to protect the. This is the only reason why we need to protect the children from experimental, irreversible medications and surgical procedures. Quote: Their brains have not fully developed. They don't have a the capacity to understand they don't have the life experience to realize that what they feel one day might not be the next state said the state senator kathleen koth a supporter of the bill the bill known as the let them grow act passed by 33 to 15 in the state legislature who now heads the desk of nebraska governor jim pellin who has promised to sign the legislation Quote, all children deserve a chance to grow and live happy, fruitful lives. This includes pre-born boys and girls and includes children struggling with their gender identity. These kids deserve the opportunity to grow and explore who they want to be. And they can do so without making irreversible decisions that should be made when they are fully grown, Philin said. Other arrests that took place as left-wing protesters showed up in force on the Capitol. Two Tampons were appeared to be bloody, were thrown down into the legislative chamber, according to Fox News. Police said two individuals, Lucia Salins, 24, of o o Omaha, and Maggie Miller Jenkins, 36, of Lincoln, were arrested for disturbing the peace and obstructing a government procedure in conjunction with the thrown objects, which is disgusting. Another individual identified as 25-year-old Mara Lee of Omaha was arrested after yelling repeatedly and refused law enfor enforcement orders to leave the balcony, police said. Two additional arrests were made, police said. Of course, because these people are relentless and they want to do what they want to do and that's it. They're not actually used to getting any repercussions for their actions, which is a very, very sad day in America that we are not arresting these criminals at face value. We're sitting there, we're saying, mm, they might have made a mistake, they might not have, I don't know, we need to see. No, we don't need to see anything. The only thing we need to see is them in jail. Now, moving on to the next segment, we actually have the media's takes. I don't ever smoke up, no, I don't take, I got no love. Now, moving on to the first article, we actually have CNN, we have why Ron DeSantis can't win the GOP nomination for president. Um, but how do you know? Ron DeSantis is expected to enter the 2024 presidential race this week, but the Florida governor begins his campaign to win the GOP nomination with his poll numbers falling and with former President Donald Trump as the clear primary frontrunner. Still, DeSantis remains by far the best hope for anti-Trump forces within the GOP. And a few recent historical examples indicate that he has a real chance to be his party's nominee. Trump has tuned turns what polls once showed as a competitive primary matchup into a giant advantage over DeSantis. The former president was ahead of DeSantis by about 10 points nationally by the end of last year. Trump was polling at the low 40s, while DeSantis was in the low 30s. Today, Trump is averaging over 50% nationally among GOP voters, and DeSantis has dropped back into the low 20s. No one else is in, even in the double digits. The numbers do look slightly better for DeSantis in his early voting st states. What had been 
a DeSantis-led in New Hampshire, according to the University of New Hampshire polls, has now become a Trump edge. Trump was up about uh, 42% to 22% in its latest survey. Limited research data in Iowa points to a similar trend line. Path to a comeback. Well, the numbers don't look great for DeSantis at this time. Okay, so he didn't even announce his presidency yet. So if he's even breaking all of the other candidates except for Trump, then that's really good for him because he didn't even announce yet. Um, Remember, he hasn't formally gotten into the race yet. Exactly what I just said. We don't know what's going to happen when he hits the campaign trail as a candidate. History does show us that there's a time for DeSantis to mount a comeback. Back in 2007, Iowa... Illinois Senator Barack Obama was averaging in the low 20s nationally ahead of the 2008 Democratic primary season. New York Senator Hillary Clinton was dominating the national polls by the Democratic nomination by with nearly 40,000% of the vote. Her lead grew, grew slightly larger during the second half of the year, and yet Obama ended up defending Clinton. That same cycle, Arizona Senator John McClain was struck in the low... 20s in early national surveys of the Republican primary after falling back into the mid-10s in the second half of the year. McLean would also make a massive comeback. Hillary's history suggests that someone in DeSantis's polling position has roughly 1 in 5, 20% chance of winning the nomination. To put that into perspective, you have about 1 in 5 chance of choosing your pinky finger in a game of envy, meanie, miny, mo on your fingers. Trump, of course, has a significant higher chance of winning the GOP nomination. The only past candidate polling in anywhere close to Trump is the was Massachusetts Senator Ted Kennedy in the 1980 cycle. Most candidates polling in Trump's current position are better. Bob Dole, Al Gore in 2000, George W. Bush in 2000, and Hillary Clinton in 2016 won their party nominations with relatively with relative ease. Okay, so they just contradicted themselves in the second paragraph. People don't even want to read the second paragraph of CNN. I don't blame you. But the thing is that they just contradicted themselves. Moving on to the next article, we actually have an MSNBC article. We have neither Jim Jordan nor his so-called whistleblower should be taken seriously. This is according to MSNBC. MSNBC, listen here. You do not have any right to be saying that anybody should be untrustworthy because you're the most untrustworthy person. The FBI was right to revoke these employees' security clearances. Don't let bad faith hearings convince you otherwise. Rep. Jim Jordan, Republican from Ohio, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee in the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government intended for Thursday's subcommittee hearing to help prove his point that the FBI had wrongfully targeted conservatives against agents, Jordan would bring forward whistleblowers he promised who would testify that the FBI stripped them of their security clearances for purely political reasons. However, Jordan's efforts backfired even before they began. The FBI delivered Jordan a letter on Wednesday night that lists what the Bureau says that the real reasons are why his witnesses were found unworthy of their security clearances. The letter from Christopher Durman, acting assistant director of the Bureau, is a convicting rebureau of Jordan's story that the FBI retaliated against well-meaning public servants by expressing views contrary to their agency. Durham explains that the agents in question had their security clearances revoked pending appeal for the number of reasons, including questions about their allegiance, reported criminal conduct, 
personal misconduct, and how sensitive information was handled. Jordan chose to reportedly largely ignore the FBI's response except to say, cool, it doesn't surprise me that the FBI puts out this letter right before we're going to have a hearing. The Democrats on the subcommittee, however, used the FBI's report to hammer home the point that they weren't buying what the witnesses were selling. Of course, because whenever you whenever you talk anything that goes against the grain, then they're going to sit here and just say, mm, we don't believe you. You're lying. You're lying. Nope, you're lying. Even though you're not lying at all and you're telling the truth. Even so, Jordan proceeded with his hearings in parade before the cameras to current FBI employees and one former employee who ter termed themselves whistleblowers and who testified that it was only because they expressed various concerns about the January 6, 2021 insurrection and investigations that the FBI revoked their security clearances. It's important first to dispel the myth that these agents count as whistleblowers. To be officially diagnosed as whistleblowers, the FBI employees must follow specific procedures. Okay, no, because if you're coming through and saying the FBI is doing this, you don't have to follow any procedures. So MSNBC, you're wrong. None of Jordan's witnesses did so. Thus, none of them were granted whistleblower status. Okay, so you, to go against the FBI, you need to tell the FBI that you're a whistleblower? That doesn't even make any sense. It's like going to your ex-boss and saying, I'm going to expose your company now. Like, what are you talking about? More importantly, real FBI whistleblowers must also legitimately attempt to make what's known as protected disclosure of serious misconduct or criminal wrongdoing, usually described as waste, fraud, or abuse. Yet, the only fraud this hearing exposed was the myth that these claimants are well-meaning patriots. The FBI employee Marcus Allen testified Thursday that he lost his clearance in part because he was simply trying to urge his colleagues to be careful with how they investigated in January 6. However, Durham's letter said that Allen was found to be, have obstructed in the investigation of a January 6 subject. Specifically, the letter says Allen told the agent that there was no information indicating that there was a particular individual who had committed a crime or had a connection to terrorism. Based on the assertion, the agent closed the case. However, another FBI employee found readily available public information about his unnamed subject, who the FBI determined physically assaulted the United States Capitol Police officer and passed it to the agent, who then reopened the case. Allen is also accused of reportedly esp espionaging conspiracy theories, including the United States government participated in January 6 violence. Okay, so the reasons why he's fired is because he went against the federal government and he... He read Allen's report on from the FBI. Um, so that's not enough reason to me to say that he's not a whistleblower. No, he is a whistleblower. Special Agent Stefan Friend testified that he lost his clearance as a form of retaliation of his beliefs that the United States government participated in January 6 violence. But according to the FBI, Friend's clearance was revoked after he refused to take part in a court-authorized arrest of January 6 sub subject affiliated with the three presenter's organization. The FBI knew the subject was armed with an assault rifle, had evidence that he'd chemically sprayed officers at the United States Capitol, and appeared to, in photos taken that day, dressed in full tactical gear and a helmet. The subject was su suspected of having committed a misdemeanor, but the FBI correctly decided its SWAT team should assist him in the arrest. Friend decided that was too aggressive in approach and walked away from his assignment. The FBI later noted the investigation also determined that friends 
that friend entered the FBI space after hours and downloaded sensitive documents into his unapproved flash drive. The agency says that the says that when he was asked to take the Remedial security awareness training, he refused. He also accused the secret of secretly recording his FBI supervisors in violation of Florida law. The FBI's investigation concluded that since its departure from the FBI, former agent Friend gave multiple and approved interviews, including a Russian media outlet, that he lacked candor while being investigated. Okay, so just because he opened his mouth to the media. You know how many people open their mouth to the media? So why is he it a problem when he does it? Because it only matters when he does it because he's the one that they're trying to attack. That's the only reason why. Now, with that being said, let's move on to the next article, which is a Daily Wire article. Okay, moving on to the next article, we actually have a Daily Wire article. We have Jeffrey Epstein threatened Bill Gates with sexual blackmail, report says. Jeffrey Epstein reportedly learned from Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates had an affair with a young Russian woman and later appeared to threaten to expose the Thryas if Gates refused to do business with him. The Wall Street Journal reported that Gates met Russian bridge player Mila Antovia in 2010 when she was in her 20s. And he was in his mid-50s. Epstein met Intovia in 2013 and paid for her to attend software coding school. After she graduated and while Epstein was trying to get Gates to join a project he was working on, Epstein reportedly sent Gates an email asking to be reimbursed for her schooling. The amount of money the schooling cost was trivial for people as wealthy as Epstein or Gates, the report said. Sources told the publication that the email implied that Epstein could expose the affair if Bills cut his ties to Epstein. Quote, Mr. Gates met with Epstein solely for philanthropic purposes. A spokesperson for Gates said, quote, having failed repeatedly to draw Mr. Gates beyond the, these matters, Epstein tried unsuccessfully to leverage a past relationship to threaten Mr. Gates. The spokesperson said that Gates did not make the payment. Epstein reportedly sent the message after Gates denied to join a multi-billion dollar charitable fund that he was trying to create with J.P. Morgan Chase that would have paid Epstein millions of dollars in fees and would help to rehabilitate the image after he bled guilty to scolding, solicitating, and pursuing a minor for prostitution in 2008. Gates had over a half a dozen meetings scheduled with Epstein beginning in 2011 that included trips to Epstein's private residence in New York, according to the report. So, I mean, of course, Bill Gates's um, attorneys and stuff like that is going to come out and support Bill Gates, obviously, because he's being paid to do so, the spokesperson. But also, at the same exact time, I don't know Bill Gates behind the scene. I know that he's an evil person for pushing these vaccines on people. And especially the fact that he's banned in Africa says something that's very, very like shocking and mind-opening. Um, but I just... I can kind of see this happening. I can kind of not see this happening. I just, there's no one that I trust less than Jeffrey Epstein. So if we were to take the lesser of the two evils, I would, I would trust, I don't even know who I would trust. I'm not even going to take a side because it's like, it's comparing Satan to Lucifer. It's the same exact person. It's like Bill Gates that killed thousands and thousands of people in Africa or Jeffrey Epstein that had sex and, and, and had prostitution. So it's like, these two people are very evil, but of course, Bill Gates is a little bit more evil than Jeffrey Epstein because of the fact that he killed thousands of people and made them disabled for the rest of their life. I, so I, I can't really pick a side here. 
Moving on to the next article, we actually have a Daily Wire article where Rome Mayer says climate activists cause environmental damage after turning trivial fountain water black, causing charcoal. Climate echo anarchists in Rome turned the trivial fountain water black on Sunday after pouring diluted charcoal into the pool during a staged protest against public funding for fossil fuels. They claim caused a recent flood that killed 14 people in northeastern Italy. Protester from the Ultimo Galerizan, translated as the, quote, last generation, climbed into the 18th century fountain on Sunday morning with several banners and denouncing paying for fossil fuels and mixed the can- cannabis material into the water as they shouted, our country is dying. So uh, that's just crazy right there. You're causing more harm than good right here. Protesters linked themselves to the, quote, let's not pay for fossil campaign, the group's website states, which asked the Italian government to stop public subsidies to all fossil fuels immediately, which would make fuel even more pricey, by the way, because if you're stopped subsidizing from the government, where do you think these companies are going to get their money from? Not from the government, from you, the customer. Um, The group believes such energy sources caused a... recent deadly flood in Emilia Romagna and the marches, devastating their territory, claiming 14 lives, forcing 10,000 people to abandon their homes and leaving over 30,000 residents without electricity. One out of four houses in Italy are vulnerable to floods. The group tweeted, how much longer do we have to wait for these governments to take concrete action? What's concrete action? If we ban fossil fuels, what's your alternative? We cannot have enough solar panels to replenish the amount of energy that we get from fossil fuels, number one. Number two, all of these electric companies that that you want the, to get the electric from, okay, and you want to um, have your, your EV powered from this site, they're coal-burning electric grids. Unless you want a fully nuclear arsenal or a nuclear facility where we where we harvest the energy from the nuclear and splitting atoms, and then we can get the electric from that. But then you don't want nuclear at all anyway. So it's like, we can't win. Nuclear is the way to go if you want an ultra green environment, because nuclear is the way that we can get the most electricity from splitting atoms. So if we don't want to burn coal anymore, and we don't want to burn gasoline or diesel, it just doesn't make any sense. And these people are going to complain about diesel being black out of cars, but they don't realize that diesel actually burns cleaner than gas. And also at the same exact time, the grids are going to be so overwhelmed that nobody's going to have electricity if we were all to go to EVs at the same exact time. Within minutes of the climate activist demonstration, local authorities intervened and dragged them out of the fountain while hundreds of people visiting the landmark watched. Located in the Puzzle Pizzeria di Trivial Square, the Fountain Torino di Trevi is known as the largest Buric fountain in Rome and has become one of the most famous monuments around the world. The landmark was initially designed by Italian sculptor and archaeologist Gran Lorenzo Bernini for Pope Clemens the Twelfth. However, according to Berizzinicia, Italian architect, Nicolia Solvia redesigned the fountain and began some 30 years of construction on the site until it was completed by Giuseppe Panini in 1762. Rome Mayor Roberto 
Lurtery applauded Rome Capitol Police authorities in a Facebook post for stopping the activists and likely avoiding any permanent damage to the fountain's perious marble. Gulturini said that the indifferent environmental damage caused by the activists has prompted the fountain to undergo a complex and costly cleaning operation that could result in a waste of 300,000 liters of water to empty and refill the pool again, with which functions to recycle the water. Okay, so the thing is that you just caused more harm than good. You're going to leave 300,000 liters of water to go to waste now because of the fact you wanted to solve climate change. There's people that don't have any water in Africa, and we're sitting here wasting 300,000 liters of water just because of the fact you wanted to show somebody that you care about the sun gods, I guess. Quote, I re I retaliate that this is the only right way to conduct a battle for the environment and against climate change, he said. Quote, such gestures are completely wrong and damaging because they risk damaging precious common goods such as our monuments and force public admiration administrations into a very expensive environmentally impactful registration interventions restoration interventions Gulturi okay i'm just butchering his name added so they are completely counterproductive and they also risk reducing the consent in people's opinions regarding the right battle for the environment and the climate Gulturi called on the climate protesters to stop such, quote, absurd attacks on the nation's arsenic artistic heritage in a tweet. After a series of acts tar targeting the works of art in Italy have recently occurred, the Daily Mail reported activists have thrown soup, cake, mashed potatoes, or washable paint at artistic and monumental heritage sites. According to the news outlet, last generation began protesting in Italy last year before the general election, demanding lawmakers make climate change their priority. But climate changes are going to occur every single season. That's what we call summer, spring, fall, and winter because the climate is changing. Wow, the temperature is changing. It changes from day to night, from hour to hour, from minute to minute throughout the day. The climate changed because that's exactly what we call the weather, and that's exactly what we say the sun is rising, the sun is setting, that's exactly it. The temperature is changing. Now, these people are just so stupid that they don't even know what the heck they're talking about. But, you know, who does talk know what they're talking about? The next article we actually have from The Federalist. The unspoken warning in the Durham report, American self-government is collapsing, and I completely agree. Without a civic life shaped and guided by Christian more moral val for virtue, a republic will eventually descend into tyranny. And I completely agree. Yesterday, these pages of Margaret Cleveland recently, I've rightly noted that the most damning finding of in the 306-page report from the special counsel John Durham is not necessarily the FBI's scandalous crossfire hurricane investigation of the Trump campaign in 2016, but the outrageous abuses of the power detained, uh, detailed in the report cannot be remedied absent a curing of the corrupted hearts and minds of the law enforcement and intelligence agencies for all the fbi's blatant partisanship its disre disregard for exploitatory evidence and its outright deception to secure fiso warrants on trump campaign associates writes cleveland what should testify this the country is not the catalog of malfeasance the special counsel recited for mistakes in even gross failures can be corrected but the durham warned of corrupted hearts 
and minds unfaithful to the people there in their constitution. For his part, Durham didn't recommend any changes to the FBI guidelines or policies because no amount of reform will be significant if the people in charge feel free to disregard guidelines and policies whenever they see fit to do so. As such, wrote Durham, the answer is not the creation of new rules, but a renewed fidelity to the old. The prom the prom promulgation of the additional rules and regulations to be learned and yet more training sessions would likely prove to be fruitless exercise and the FBI's guiding principles of fidelity, bravery, and integrity are not ingrained in the hearts and minds of those sworn to meet the FBI's mission of protecting the American people and upholding the Constitution of the United States. Durham is right. As in Cleveland, the abuse of power laid out in the report is terrifying, not just because what the FBI undertook in 2016 amounted to an attempted coup-op, but because it's unclear how to prevent it from happening again. Indeed, we saw the same kind of abuse of power in play in the 2020 election when an active and former CIA official saw fit to interfere by soliciting signatures for a letter designed to squash the Hunter Biden laptop story. There is every reason to believe that these kinds of abuses will happen again in 2024 and in every future presidential election. I completely agree. That's exactly why we should put laws in the books to prevent this exact thing from happening. If something comes out right before the election that's damaging to you, then you got to let it go. You got to let it go and face the public because that's what it is. It just got released. We can't hold it until after the election. It's not right. As I wrote earlier this week, such abuse in our law enforcement and intelligence agencies represents a moral threat to the Republic, and we should understand that the Durham report is in that light. But the Durham's damning indictment of the DOJ and the FBI goes beyond these particular agencies, and indeed beyond the federal government. That people like the former CIA director John Brent Brennan and former FBI Director James Comey, along with the entire cast of villains and liars in the Dur Durham report, rose to positions of such power and then proceeded to abuse the power by arrogating to themselves the right to decide who should be president, a right that belongs solely to the American people, it says something about the state of our republic. What it says is this, we are produced and we are still producing a totally corrupt elite barefoot bare, barefoot of any sense of fidelity, bravery, and integrity to say nothing about um, moral vague or the common good. Put bluntly, an elite like that makes self-government in the republic of free citizens impossible. It also means that the elite will work to corrupt ordinary Americans, eroding their respect for the rule of law and fidelity to the constitution. As the elites go, so eventually the entire country goes. Seen in the light, the Durham report should be understood as a dire warning about the fate of our country. John Adams issued a similar warning when he penned his famous line that our constitution was made only for the moral and religious people. Uh, it, it is wholly inaccurate to the government of any other. George Washington did the same in his far farewell address when he said, "'Tis substantially true the virtue or morality is the necessary spring of popular government. The founders knew that we seem, seem to have forgotten without a virtuous people, without citizens and leaders who believe in objective moral truth and understand themselves to be beyond, bound to it. We cannot... Oh, I lost my point. We cannot be a free people and we cannot sustain a republic 
Laws alone, to say nothing of guidelines and policies, are not enough to support and sustain self-government. You need citizens who will respect and uphold the law, and leaders who actually believe in the principle of self-government, something our current crop of leaders clearly rejects. Without a morally victorious citizenry, the founders also knew that we would eventually become a society not of free men and women, but of slaves to a tyrannical regime. That's a real warning embedded in the Durham report. The corruption of the FBI and the CIA in the entire federal intelligence community, which led to the Russian collusion hoax and almost took down Trump's campaign and then his presidency, cannot be fixed with new rules and policies. It's a moral failing, moral corruption, and is the only thing that needs to be fixed by a spiritual renewal of America by a return to, let's be honest, a civic culture shaped and guided by Christian moral vir virtue. It's easily it's easy to look at the Durham report and conclude that the problem is just with a handful of bad apples in the federal intelligence agencies, but the root goes much deeper than that, and I fully agree with this. I fully agree with all of this article so far because of the fact that if we turn to God, we can have the answer. It fully says in our constitution by in God we trust. It says that in the Constitution. So if we believe in this country like I do, I'm a full American, I am proud to be an American, and I'm proud to believe in God every single day. If we say that we need to believe in the Constitution, then the Constitution says we in God, we as people, in God we trust. So we need to trust in God. We need to trust God's sayings and God's words in the Bible, we need to say that, yes, there's only two genders, yes, a boy and a girl, and we're made in the likelihood of God, and we need to represent God on this earth as what he would like us to do in the Bible. So uh, a lot of people like to, to take that quote and misrepresentate it, but it's not anything more than that. Um, people like Comey and Brennan are the legions of the corrupt agents and bureaucrats under them were produced by an American society that has lost its way and became an unmoored from the morality that sustains our system of government and inculturates virtue in our citizenry. New rules and regulations won't be enough, nor will it be no enough to fund or disband the FBI unless we rediscover the moral virtue necessary for self-government we will descend bit by bit into tyranny tyranny and i completely agree we will because what else do we have look to look forward to if there is no god that we trust in as a society and there's no more virtue that we all believe in as a society and peoples of together we don't believe in together we believe in me 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 that's all we care about and one day we will look at back at the durham report and understand that it was not just an indictment of the FBI, but an indictment of all of us and the Herrenberger and the Herrenberger of the end of our republic. And I completely agree. This is very, very well said. I completely agree. But you know, just because of this Durham report, the the media's takes on this is just so separated. It's just so amazing every single time I see it. The left says, oh no, the Durham report does not matter. It's a nothing burger. But then they like to say that during the Russian collusion hoax, that they were, oh no, we need to wait for this report. We need to wait till this report comes out. And the report comes out and it says exactly what the right was saying. Oh no, no, no. We don't, we don't need to look at the report. But if it said exactly what the left was saying the whole entire time, they will say, oh, this is the most important thing that we had since sliced bread. Yeah, okay. You know what else they say that is the best invention since sliced bread? According to the Federalists, it's your own fault. You're being asked to tip 
at self-checkouts. I completely agree. The only way to stop the psychological warfare of an tipping prompts is by clicking the no tip button with confidence. I've never felt more seen that when I stumbled upon the glorious witnessing meme, it happened during my annual summer mechanism of serving chef's kiss, Italian food to friendly Wisconsin locals, plus a great many of snowboard white wine moms who'd returned to the lakes and surrounding restaurants for as much as the Midwest as they could handle, June, July, and August. Here it is. A server's mind, two waiters, no lemon, one light ice, check on table 22, side of ranch, phones ringing, who's going to get it? Second ring, I better run, never mind, they got it. Crap, I need salads. Two salads, no cheese, no onions, no peppers, no cheese, no onions, no peppers. Why do I put onions on that? Start over. I can't wait to have a beer later. Oh, a beer. Gotta grab table 30s, Bud Light. Side of ranch, there's a line at the door. Where's my host? Why is the guy at 11 staring at me? His drink is full. And what's wrong? I'll check. He's flirting. He's flirting. Smile, just nod, and smile and get an extra $5. So I'm charming. I'm such a good server. Phone's ringing. Damn it, who's seating, who's seating the door? Where's the host? Table 14 is dirty, side of ranch. Cheesecake for table five. Did I just say I got a 10 top? Wait, where's table three's credit card receipt? Side of ranch. Guy at 11 is staring. Check again. Smile and nod. Okay, I'm standing here too long. I'm feeling I'm such a bad waiter, side of ranch. Where's the host? I got it. I just got Saturday again, triple Saturday. They hate me. They want me to fail. They want me to quit. Refills for table 22. Where's my stakes? What do they mean? Five more people join the party. Wait, how many high chairs? I'm failing. Cute, cook, smile, back, break. Okay, stop. You're getting distracted. Okay, they're cashing out. Wait, now they're all cashing out. Oh, everyone is cashing out. I need change. I need jingle. Wipe off tables. Let me count this money. 70, 80, 95. I'm such a good waiter lays down for bed they're never going to get their ranch the end so i completely i can get where she's coming from because i work for a restaurant and we take at the restaurant that i work for you take the order you make the order you cook the order you give it to the people and then i take the delivery so we're doing every single thing from start to finish and these people that are at mcdonald's don't even know what the heck they're doing at the register never mind at wendy's when you're doing one thing that's exactly why these people they they just think that they deserve tips. Why would we give you a tip for just doing one thing? You're putting a burger on the bun. You're checking, you're clicking on the register. You're clicking on the register. Or what you're doing is you're handing me something right out the window. You're handing me something. You're handing me something. That's all you're doing. You're doing one thing. But at other restaurants, when you're doing everything else, that's something different because you're all running around. When I work for a pizza restaurant, it's 650 degrees ovens. We have two ovens. And then the heat of the summer, it's about 90 degrees in there. You're taking the orders. You're cooking the orders. You're putting it in the ovens. You're cutting the pizzas. You're putting it in the box. You're giving it to the customer. And they're all staring at you while you're doing this. That's what these people at McDonald's, McDonald's uh, Wendy's, Burger King, Taco Bell, these people will never understand that because you're doing one thing. As the saying goes, it's funny because it's true. Fanning through, through a fat wad of cash at the end of a double shift brings a smile to a server's face preciously because it's a sweet green reward for a blistery 220,000 steps, a rumbling in the belly. Does one face full of linguine and a swing of Diet Coke at 3 p.m. count as a meal? An awkward amount of sweat in all the wrong places, and enough social engagement to make even the chattiest of extroverts want to crawl into a hole. Servers do this all with a guarantee of only a few bucks. A three-ish 
hourly rate doesn't cut it, but the expectation of many more. That's all part of the appeal and risk of waitressing. You bust your hump for tables and tips because you know that you're speedy, accurate, and charming. All the the hustle will be worthwhile. So what's the nonsense about customers being asked to tip at a self-checkout? You read that right. Biden's economy is so bad that businesses from airports to cookie shops to mega coffee chains to stadiums are asking customers to tip at self-checkouts, presumably to help boost booster employee wages, even if Patreons aren't interacting with those employees at all. Unlike an actual server, faceless machines never got an extra, go an extra mile, but they do sometimes malfunction and slow customers down or charge them too much for a sale item. It gets worse. When you consider that businesses install self-checkout machines in part to save themselves money, they would otherwise have to pay an actual person to operate a register. Yet, these greedy gut, gut, gutses have the gall to ask you for an extra few Washingtons or even a full 15, 18, or 20% or more for you to ring up your own purchase, excuse me, airport snack shack, but you should be paying me for self-checking out a $6 water bottle. As one airport customer who purchased such overpriced H2O correctly concluded, it's an emotional blackmail. My bad. The harsh reality of the situation is that our own dang fault. We're being pressured to tip a robot for work we're doing ourselves. After all, take out a coffee shop extraordinaries have been squeezing every last buck out of us with their fancy iPads for now for years, and we've let them, surrounded by a line of strangers who may not or may be paying attention, and a barista who pretends to look away when we swipe our cards, we jab the $2 tip button for a $4 iced coffee. And that's at the low end. My coffee's $8. <laughs> that's why I don't go. <laughs> that's why I don't go anymore. Sometimes Some of us have con conditioned ourselves to tip even when we know someone is watching. Uh, if you You've ever used a mobile app like app for Chipotle or Starbucks, for instance, you've been prompted to the tip the crew. In other words, you search for a menu from your screen, place your own order, pay for it, drive yourself to the establishment, grab your food or drink from a to-go counter without any human interaction, all while corporate giants sit there with their hands out, Mona Lisa Semperson style, whining, money please. The whole tipping ritual has sparked sprawled quite out of control. A tasty sushi spot in Madison, Wisconsin called Jackknife has gotten me the whole modern takeout experience down to the science, literally. Use your phone number to sign into a business's website, place your order online, get assigned an order number, and fetch it yourself from the amounts to an Amazon pickup locker. No human FaceTime in required. In addition to slapping on a service charge, the restaurant's website defaults to adding a tip, which the preset options go all the way up to 25%, but there's a real kicker. Robots even make the sushi. Stop the madness. For all the reasons mentioned in the meme and more, do not stop tipping Do not stop tipping your waiters. Do not stop tipping your bartenders or barticians either. These people are the one with the real skills who spend time interacting with and performing services for you that you cannot do or don't do for yourself. Their livelihoods depend on tips. If a particularly chipper barista pours an extravagant swan into your latte's mi microphone, sure, toss him a dollar if you feel so inclined. Support local artists. But for the love of all that is holy, stop tipping 20% for an iced coffee or robot sushi for a fast food burrito. In case you need a reminder, you're already paying for these people for low-skilled jobs they provide. Um, this isn't an insult. It's just a fact. The cost of employing a Terula... Tortilla roller 
is already baked into the price. Our economy runs on fast food just as much as set down restaurants food, but not all service is created equal. In some of these digital transactions, especially self-checkouts, real service doesn't exist at all. In any case, you do not allow yourself to be blackmailed. If the iPad at your favorite takeout spot makes you feel like a terrible person, it might be time to find a new favorite takeout spot. And it's definitely time to recalibrate your human decency barometer. Since when do you feel entitled businesses doing the bare minimum get to decide what's nice? Tipping harassment is an awful lot like COVID mask wearing or pronoun advertising in an email signature, not because of a political issue, but because it's an overwhelming societal pressure to perform a certain way, magically dis dissipates every time you refuse to participate. No, you aren't super spreading by breathing freely. No, including your obvious pronouns in your sign-off doesn't make you more virtuous. And no, tipping isn't or shouldn't be an expectation for someone merely doing his minimal mental job. So say no to chipping. And the only way to stop physiological warfare of ubiquitous tipping prompts is by clicking no tip button with confidence. And you know, sometimes I honestly do this because if you're at a restaurant and you know for a fact that that person is only doing one thing or they're talking in the back, they're not even listening to you. If they don't even say one word to you, they're sitting in the back, they're laughing, they're being rude to you. Why the hell would you go in out of your way and tip them? I went to this one coffee shop and I never went here again. I went this one time. It was $7 for a latte. And I said, you know, I, I, this is the first time I've been here, so I'm going to tip 10%. I said mine as well. So I tipped 10% just to pick it up. They didn't even say hi. They, they said, what can I get you? So I said, okay, can I have this? Okay. What size? I said, oh, okay. Um, what are the difference in sizes? Cause this is the first time I went there. And then I said, oh, I'll get the medium. They said, okay, what else? And I was like, no, that's going to be it. They said, okay. And then, um, I put my card in and then they said, sign. So I'm like, okay, damn. So I signed and then I hit the 10%. They said one second. So I'm like, okay, no problem. Take your time. So I stepped back. I, I went on my phone because I work in the food restaurant. I'm not going to just sit, sit there and stare at you. So I sat back. I sat in the chair and I went on my phone. They said, here's your latte here. So they put it on the table and then they just continued laughing and stuff like that. So I looked back at them. They didn't even look at me as I left. I'm like, okay, thank you. And then they just went back. They started talking and I never went to this place again. So I'm I, I literally never went to this place again. I think that the lattes there are way too expensive because $7 for a medium. Mm -mm. Nope, not doing it. And then it hurt, hurt my stomach on top of that. So I, I just don't understand what these people want. And um, I decided to go to this other cafe that I've been going to for a long time. And they were also rude to me there. So, you know, and I started looking back at it and I said, this, per this place is woke as hell. First of all, this place, their lattes have gotten progressively worse over time. The workers there are just plain rude. They just, they don't even want to have any conversation with you. They say, hello, how's it going? I say, good, how are you? They're like, what can I get you? Like, you just asked me a question. I'm answering your question. Why the hell are you going to sit here and say, what can I get you now? No, if you ask me the question, how am I doing? I say, good, how are you? You can just say, okay, good, very good. Thank you for asking, what can I get you started today? Like, how about we continue the conversation like that instead of you giving me the sad eye, like, why the hell are you asking me? Like, you just asked me how I'm doing, so I'm continuing the conversation. But, you know, that's beyond the point because this is a society problem as what we just talked about in the article, and it's completely correct. As I do work in the food business, I know how people are. They just come inside. I'm like, hello, how's it going? They're like, number two. 
I'm like, okay, no problem. And I ring them up. I say, thank you so much and have a great day. Because it's the customers that we depend on. And even though they don't tip, I'm still very nice to these customers because it's the fact that my wage depends on these people coming in. It's not just for the tip because sometimes I don't even get tipped. It's just because of the fact that they came in, they purchased the food, and that's how I get my hourly wage. That's why I'm so appreciative when they slip a $1 in or they put their cents in the tip jar. They could put two pennies in. And I'm like, thank you so much. And they're like, I feel so bad. No, don't feel bad. I appreciate you even putting a penny in there. That's why I appreciate you coming in today and have a great day. And then they put a smile on their face as they walk out the door. That's what people need to appreciate, the real value of the dollar. And these people don't appreciate the real value of the dollar because 80% of America is in debt. They don't care what kind of money they spend on their credit card. They're sitting there swiping, swiping, swiping. Oh, I'll swipe this. I'll swipe this. Oh, I'll pay for it later. Oh, I'll just just send them a check later for the minimum balance. And I don't care if I'm paying 35% for this interest rate. It's okay. Because people don't care. American debt has gone up to $300 million on the low end. It's crazy where we went to in society because everybody's putting on the credit cards. There's a channel that I like to watch here on YouTube. It's called Financial Audit. And he breaks down with other people their financial situations. And most of these people are in debt because they just do not care what their money. They just spent, spent, spent. Oh, I'll spend, spend, spend. Oh, I have $50,000. Spend, spend, spend. I'm at $49,000. $49,000 here. Oh, spend, spend, spend. Oh, my max is $10,000. I'll spend $9,900. At least I'm not at the max. What are you doing? You just brought your credit score down, number one. Number two, you're ruining your financial future. Number three is that you're paying so much money to these credit card issuers. You're paying 35% interest on every single $100. So that means that if you have a $10,000 balance, you're buying $350. No. More than that, $3,500 on $10,000. That's crazy. Everything that you purchase when you have debt on the credit cards is 35% more expensive, not on the low end of some credit cards. That's crazy, crazy debt. You're never going to get out of that situation at all. It's never going to work. But you know, thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening to this rant because it's very important that people realize that the American dollar is worth a lot more than just No, it's just a dollar. It's just a dollar here. It's just a dollar there. No, it's worth way more than that. That's why that's why people need to appreciate where we come from and the money that we have, that it's earned, not just given, it's earned. If you earn your tip, you earn your tip. That's why the value of that dollar increases as you work harder and harder. And if I if you go to a cafe and you order like eight lattes, okay, slip them a three dollar bill in cash. That's what I like to do. Because of the fact that yes, sometimes they don't even get the tip on the tip in the card machine. But like at Dunkin' Donuts, they don't really ask me for the tip on the card line. So I just give it to them in cash. Starbucks, they ask me for the tip on the card, but Starbucks, they're they're okay, I guess. But there's no interaction when you place it on the app. Why would I tip on the app? When I'm taking my own order, I'm picking it up myself. I'm going to get it from the counter myself. If I'm going to go into the store, order five lattes, then okay, I'll sip you a few dollars in cash because, or on the card if it asks me on the screen. That's the only time. But if I'm just getting a latte for myself, no, I'm not going to give you $3 or $2 for a $6 latte or $8 latte, which means that my latte would be $10. Why would it be $10? No, too much money. But thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. And I hope that you actually took something from this episode because this was a very important episode. Thank you all for watching. And I hope they have a great rest of your day. Demetrius Urujo is copyright of Studios. If you did like the show, please subscribe every single week. 
please subscribe because I do post new episodes of the show every single week, every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thank you all for watching, and I hope they have a great rest of your day.